Hello everybody and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight we're going to look back at a dramatic afternoon, early evening at Anfield and reflect briefly on what happened last Thursday and we'll also preview the game against Sheffield United coming up on Wednesday and also have the lads uh, to reflect on the the difficult FA Cup draw that's being given to Liverpool. So, I'm Les Lawson, your host, and tonight I'm joined by Tom Keegan, Pete Warburton and Ben Kent Jr. So, first of all, I'd like to apologise for there being no aftermatch podcast after the after the game last Thursday in the Europa League. That was because we were all at a charity night in aid of the Deborah Foundation with Graeme Sooners on Friday. And then we reflected and thought it wasn't worth trying to rush a podcast through on Saturday when there was another game you know, less than 24 hours later. So we decided to incorporate the two tonight. Now, Tom, you you played a, a more than significant part in organising this event for, you know, for the Deborah Foundation with Graham. Now that it's it's been and gone, what was your reflection on the night, Tom? I thought overall we, we did quite well with the short period of time that we had. I thought the venue was excellent, Les. I thought, I thought Graham was amazing. I thought James Pierce is... As always, you know, with his question and answers, kept the night going. I think over, overall, I thought we, we had a great overall. I think it was a great time was that by all, and we raised quite a, quite, quite a few, a, a few, a few thousand. So, um, all's good, yeah. I thought it was a, a really enjoyable night. Pete, what did you make of it? You were also in attendance with, with your, with your brother-in-law Brian. So, did you enjoy the event? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, like Tom said, James James was a good host, asking the questions, and Graham Graham was very truthful in some of his answers. You know, they he actually didn't scarce anything with regard to uh, that infamous interview that he did, and he held his hands up and apolo- and he said he's been apologising ever since. But it was a fantastic night, and there was a few other faces there. Said hello to Sammy Lee and to Davy Fairclough and that. So it was a really good night. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I didn't enjoy driving through town at sort of half five, six o'clock. Well, half six. I thought I'd get there early, and I, I got there a few minutes late to be honest. But um, the drive wasn't that that clever getting up to to Allison from town. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and Brian did as well. He he said I what a good night he had, and it was really entertaining night with Graham. Yeah, very good. Ben, you were also there with your dad and a few of your friends, and it was there. It was. I think it, I'm right in saying it was the first supporters club event that you'd ever attended. So, what did you what did you make of it? I thought it like the like uh, Tom and Pete have said. I thought it was it was really good. The venue to start with was brilliant. I actually, learned to play golf at Allerton Golf Course when I was about twelve, thirteen, and the change in that venue since then. There was nothing there back then, um, but it's really impressive now and. Um, it was really good and Graham himself you never know what to expect do you when footballers come to talk and like the guys have said he, he was very impressive and he he didn't hold back anything and it was good to to have a chat with him and just basically just sit back and listen to what he said he, he basically did the job that all f- four of us will have wanted to have done um, and he's lived his life doing it so it's nice to hear from one of, if not the best midfielder that's ever played for the for the club. Certainly in my dad's eyes, he is the best midfielder. 
Um, so yeah, it was a great night, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. You know, Tom did a magnificent job. You know, in you know, in getting Graham to come along. You know, I was I was fortunate to be able to get David Fairclough to come along to present the Tom Saunders Award to Graham as well on behalf of the supporters club, and it was also good. That Sammy Lee provided a really nice raffle prize, and the the Phil Borsman also attended, and it was nice that you know at the end of the night, the fans in attendance also recognised the part Phil had played in, in you know the second grade Shankly team being being born and, and and playing a major part in Liverpool, you know getting to Wembley in nineteen seventy four, and also being a part of the squad that won the league and UEFA Cup double in 1972-73. So it was a really, really good night. Um, everybody who was in attendance, you know, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed themselves. And I'd like to echo there what, what Ben said. I thought the venue was magnificent. It really was. It was a suitable setting for such a great, great player. And Graham sort of, you know, as, as Ben said, you never... You're never sure what you're gonna get when you get a guest speaker because you admired the you admired the player for what he does on the field. But Graham just come along and he had he had the audience basically in the palm of his hand and you know, I thought he was magnificent, Tom. So a big thank you to you for for all you did and all the work you did in getting you know Graham to come along. So well done. Now we'll we'll just quickly look back at the game last Thursday against last and Tom, it was just job done in the end, wasn't it? A couple of early moments, but you know we got we got the early goal through Luis Diaz, and then it was quite a comfortable night from from then on in, wasn't it? And you know we the other results ended in a draw, which meant that we've now finished top of the group. We're we're right into the last sixteen, and we can sort of send a you know a, a patched up squad if you like to you know for the last game in the group in a couple of weeks. Yeah, perfect in every way, Les, was it? The goal by Louis Diaz was, I thought it was a brilliant goal. You know, like, unbelievable feeling. Like, from the ground he made up and to get the header, which was just a brilliant goal. And the good thing about it as well, I think, like, Gapco scoring again with his two goals. And, um, and Mo with the most beautiful penalty. I think now, someone asked me a question ages ago, he said, would we change? Would we change Mo as a penalty taker? And I think if if we got a penalty in the last minutes of a game in the, the last game of the season, I'd still let Mo take the penalty. Brilliant penalty, by the way. He took it personally, <laughs> didn't he? Oh, he took what you said personally. Yeah, I think he has ever since. Every penny's took since then. Yeah, he's got a pitch in the legs. He's got a pitch in the legs behind the By the way, oh. I would never. I would. I would not have Mo take even now. I wouldn't have Mo taking the penalties for Liverpool. I, I still still never confident. Although his last few penalties, Touchwood, have been much better. But yeah, it was a lovely penalty. The one he scored against Little Arms at, at Anfield was also a decent penalty. So yeah. let's hope he's been he's had you know maybe someone like Jan Molby in to go through the the technique of taking penalties. But I thought Zabi Les was brilliant that night as well. Yeah, you know, like I thought, I'm sure the, the players, the outfield players, I thought Harvey stood out. And if we, if we did have the man of the match, I think I would have given it to him on that night, which was, I thought, 
which is a strange game really. But I thought overall, and I think it's going to be good for the local, for, for the young players to get a game in the in the next game when we go to Belgium. Yeah, Ben, what did you make of the game on on Thursday, mate? It was easy, wasn't it? I mean, that, that that's the thing. I think it we we all know why we're in the Europa <coughs> because we were awful last season. But we are head and shoulders above any team in that competition. And I think on Thursday night, we showed the golfing class. Um, it was almost like a training game, especially we scored two, didn't we, in the first 15 minutes or so. And they might as well have just blown for full time at that point um, because it was never in any doubt. And uh, special praise for Kwanzaa. Um, I, yeah. I thought he was man of the match. I thought he, he was impeccable at the back. Uh, there was a little clip that I've seen back where he was two against one and it reminded me of how Virgil defended about three or four years ago against Tottenham um, where he just showed the attacker on his weaker side and then won the ball. Um, I think he looks a real talent. I think it was you, Les, on like a week or so ago on the pod when you named him as the shock of the season. Um, and I, I agree with you because, to be fair, I didn't really know much about him before the summer and there was all the clamour to... For, for us to buy a centre-half, myself included. I wanted us to buy one. I'll hold my hands up. Um, but it's almost like Jürgen knows what he's doing, doesn't it? Because he looks a real, real talent. But the game on Thursday, I thought it was comfortable. Um, the players all did the job professionally. And um, qualifying with a game to spare just means for this next game, I don't want to see any of our first choice go. I know Mo will probably go just because he wants to play every single game. But... If I was Jürgen, I wouldn't take any of them. I, I would take... I'd, I'd be tempted to take the women's team, to be honest. Like they, um, I wouldn't risk any of our stars in that game, though. Pete, what did you make first, your thoughts? You know, Kwan's just been mentioned there, and Tom mentioned Harvey Elliott. But I also thought that yeah, if you were looking for a, for a man of the match on Thursday, there's two other players who... who can, I you, can I tell you who I'd have said then? Because you might oh. still be thunder. Um, I, I, I would have given it to Endo, you know. I thought he had a fantastic game at number six. You, no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have stole me thunder at all. <laughs> he, he wasn't one of the ones that was going to name. So, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You clapped there was was a bit out of sync. <laughs> well, I, I thought, I thought he played the number six role. I mean, in fairness, I don't think we ever needed to get out of second gear, did we? You know, no. it, it was a bit of a stroll and. And there were occasions that Lask had, had some good opportunities. They they had a couple of nice breaks, but they just didn't have the just didn't have the players to you know to hurt us really. Um, but yeah, I thought Kwanzaa, I thought Harvey had a really good game. But I'd I'd have given it to Endo, I think, just just for the way he played. He played some when he needed to. He he was just keeping it simple and tidy, and he was getting you know. Even even like in today's game, he made one thunderous tackle. He he doesn't shy away from tackling. Stop stop moving the script on people. We're not talking about today. Yeah. Well, I'm forget about that. Forget I'm about just... that. Just talk about Thursday now. I haven't had my tea. I'm trying to move it on. I haven't, I haven't had my tea yet. Um, yeah, as I say, we've been in second gear all nice in fairness. And as I say, even though they had a couple of breaks and that, um, they never really looked like hurting us, did they? So um, I agree with the lads. We, we just send as weak a team as we are allowed to send. I don't know what UEFA's policy is on this, but I'd just send a load of kids if we can do. And, you know, we've got so many big games coming up now. 
between now and Christmas. Just, just send a, a team that we can, we can send over there, and you never know; they might even win over there. Um, we've done our job. We've won the we've won the league. You know that we've won the league, so we've done our job. So we've earned the right, really, to pick whatever team we want in the last yeah. game. And the other thing is, Pete, as well, is whatever we do over there, it doesn't affect anything in the group either. No. So it's not as if by us sending, say, the reserve team out there to play, you know, and we lose that game, that it suddenly puts, um, you know, to lose in danger of not qualifying. Mm. Because I think they, they've already, I think, guaranteed their, their passage in second place. So it doesn't affect anything. In, in fact, you know, if you could, it would just be one of them games where you should just shake hands and, and so say, yeah, we'll just have a point each and not even bother travelling. But yeah, totally agree. But the two players I was going to mention, by the way, when you thought I was going to steal your thunder, which you didn't. Well, you always do. That's why I jumped in. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, I did. I was this time. It was going to be um, Cody Gakpo and, <laughs> and also I thought Costas had a good game the other night yeah. as well. So, you know, and the reason the reason I, I, I wouldn't have sort of... And I totally agreed with what you said there, Pete, on Endo. But I thought the first 10, 15 minutes, he struggled to find his find his feet and get to the pace of the game on, on Wednesday, on Thursday, sorry. So, I, I... But after that, I thought he was very, very good. But that's why I wouldn't have given him another match. But I can understand, you know, why you, why you did. Anyway, enough of... Enough of the Europa League. We'll now move on to, let us say, an afternoon at Anfield that none of us were expecting. Um, you know, when we left our houses to travel to our second home, you know, uh, this morning, early afternoon, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool four, Fulham three. Um, first of all, Tom, um, around about one o'clock, the team dropped. And I think it was as most of us would have expected. I don't think. I think the only sort of bone of contention, really, that people were, were talking about, or possibly two, was possibly whether Curtis might have started instead of uh, Ryan Gravenberch, and whether Yo know, Cody, after his scoring a couple of goals on Thursday, would have um, would have started instead of Darwin Nunes. But but when you see the team, you couldn't really argue with it, Tom. No, when I seen it, I was going down on 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 you know on the train and the bus to down to the to the ground when I seen the team. I thought, God, you really was a strong side, wasn't it? It's, you you couldn't have asked for a for a stronger team. The only one is Ali and Gold would have been made the difference. But overall, it, it, I looked at it and I thought that you know that's a that that's probably on paper. Except for for Ali being in, it's probably the strongest outfield side that we probably put out. With Andy Robinson coming in for for Costas, of course, but other than that, I, I think that's probably your first eleven, isn't it? Yeah. So Ben, we you happy at taking you and happy with the starting eleven as well? Like Tom said, there's not much you could have done to to make it stronger on paper. Um, I was I was glad that that midfield three was picked. Not quite sure it worked, but I. I at the start at one o'clock when the team was announced, I had no issues with it. Um, me and my dad were in the car, and we both said that's pretty much the team that we'd pick. Um, I did think that the centre half might have been different just because of the amount of games that Matt was played. 
um, that he might have been rested. But no, I think the front three was probably the front three that we all would have picked. There was a shelf for Gakpo, so I wouldn't have been shocked if he would have started. But no, Les, to be honest, it was probably the team that I would have gone with, yeah. Yeah, peace. I think you'd, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? And I know you normally, when we're doing the preview t- uh, shows, have your team written down for the for the following game. So, in your sort of team sheet that you'd have had, one I prepared earlier, would you have had the same 11 names down that, that started the game today? Probably was, yeah. Maybe, I may have thought maybe Harvey might have got a start in, in front of Gravenberg, but apart from that, it would have been the 11 that they gone with, to be honest, mate, yeah. yeah. I think Massif and Van Dijk together are the strongest centre-half partnerships, you know, at the minute. Um, We'll have to see, you know, if that continues up, as I say, with the busy programme we've got. But yeah, I'd have probably picked that 11, apart from maybe uh, Harvey starting in front of Gravenberg. Yeah, Tom, it was, a, it was a bit of a slow start to the game, wasn't it? You know, with um, you know, there wasn't the tempo wasn't very quick, and then we we scored a goal, which was disallowed for offside, and then the fireworks sort of started after that, didn't they? So away you go, Tom. What was your view of the the first part of the first half? God, it was it was it was a crazy couple. It was a crazy couple. Of I, I I've seen I've seen a goalkeeper injury, which 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 he turned out he did wasn't really injured that much. Well, was laid out for about seven minutes, you mm. know, like which is something that you've never seen. But that was well, that was with the goal that got disallowed. We still didn't know whether he was going to be given a goal. It was four minutes in when VAR come on to tell us that there was no goal. You know, like uh, it was just it was a strange one. But I thought, I thought, I me and Peter were talking earlier about when we when we first got there. It was freezing when we got into the ground this morning. I think the cup. I think it was everyone was freezing going up, and I think it the, even the crowd was were a bit slow off the off the off the off the blocks really. I think the team was for the first couple of minutes we played neat and tidy, and um, I will I'll talk about we'll go back into in a, in a minute to talk about. About the, the players and um, who was impressed, but like overall, I thought it, it was it was a strange one. And then the goal, like it was a it was an unbelievable goal, wasn't it? Really, I come out of that, and I was coming back, and someone had said to me, "It was Lee that phoned me up," and he said, "I said the first one was a every one of the goals was a beauty." How he said to me, "The first one's been attributed to an own goal." Yeah, it has. Yeah, I said. I said it was a free kick that that, that went in off the off the bar and into the net. He said, "No, they they give it, it as an own goal." So I said, "Never, never in it." Yeah, said, apparently it's hit it's hit the bar and it's been coming out and it's hit the keeper and gone in. So they've they've deemed that if it hadn't hit the keeper, it would have hit the bar and come out. So the the goal is being uh, credited to a a Leno own goal. Unbelievable, aren't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I didn't know, as I said, I was in a similar position to you. I didn't know that until I come home and Jamie said in the car, oh, by the way, Daddy said uh, the 10th free kick has been given as a Leno own goal. And he and Jamie put it on again. He said, I can't even see it. No, you know, I've seen it back. I can't goal. see it. You, everybody's saying the same. Oh, Kevin said to me, he watched it. He said to me, 
he, he said to me, Dad, it doesn't touch him. Huh? You know, like I if know. it's touched him, it's a fraction. Yeah, You've I, got I, a better view of it, Peter. I was going to say, I, I'm in line with the, I was more or less in line with Trent when he struck it. And I just thought it went, we, we said it was right in the postage stamp, it was right in the top corner. Um, it did hit the bar, admittedly, and come back down, but it, whether it has stayed out, I think it's a bit a bit harsh on the goalkeeper, for one, saying it's an own goal, and very harsh on Trent, not not giving him the goal, you know. Yeah. Like, like Tom said, it was a strange start. It, was, it, 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 took a, it took a while to get going, and, and Mo had the goal disallowed, and in fairness, the flag went, went up immediately. I was, I was level with the line on that, and it, it was immediate, like... But... Um, one thing that was good actually pre-kickoff was Fulham, I think, are probably the only fans who come to our place who don't try to drown out, you'll never walk alone. And it was brilliant today. Really Oof. good. And, 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 you know, quite a few of them applauded at the end of it. So fair, fair play to the Fulham fans for that as well. But, um, yeah, it was a sluggish start. And I think, like Tom said, everyone was just trying to keep warm first off. You know, it was, you know, everyone had layers on and hats and coats and, you know, big, thick coats. So, um, yeah, it took a while to get going, but it soon picked up, didn't it? Yeah, Ben. So, you know, we, we, we get the early goal and you think to yourself, you know, the way, you know, going on the way, you know, Fulham have been this season and the way Liverpool have been, especially at Anfield when we've got the early goal, that this should be pretty straightforward now. And then Virgil goes on a, on a run off field down, down our left. I think we eventually lose lose possession. Trent moves in to the centre back uh, area to cover for Virgil, and we get done down the right hand side because nobody has bothered to 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 fill in for Trent. And Harry Wilson sticks a goal in a nice finish at the at the near post. Very sloppy from Liverpool. Yeah, it was. I think it was massive, wasn't it? To pass the ball out, it went straight to. Yeah. Fulham players. Was that for the first goal, was it? Yeah, that was the um, first one, yeah. It's, it's just been a mad day, you, you sort of forget. But I've, while you were talking then, I was watching the, the highlights of the goals and the Trent free kick, it does come off the bar and hits the keeper and goes back in. But I'd never, I would never have picked up on it unless you'd mentioned it. It was that, like, um, this, this evening, the way it happened. But anyway, um, yeah, like, you, when we scored the first goal, I was a bit... Overconfidence. I think coming to Anfield today, I said to my dad and the lads who I met before the game, I said, fancy us here, two or three, a bit like on Thursday night. And when we got the early goal, I thought, you know, the, this is the script, this is what's going to happen. Especially from what you said about Fulham, because Fulham have been all right, but they haven't been great this year. And they've, they don't half miss Mitrovic. Like he was the vocal point for them, wasn't he? The, at the, the head of the team. And as good as the, um, Raul Jimenez played, they do miss that just out-and-out goal scorer. Saying that, though, I've never seen a defender win as many aerial battles with Virgil as him. I thought he was... Yeah, really I was going to come to that then. So, yeah, yeah. Again, you Sorry for stealing your thunder, Les. No, I thought no, no, I'd no, just no, take no, Pete. I'm only, I'm only joking. Yeah. Just, um, I just spoke to Pete there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, like, I think when we scored the first goal, I think probably all four of us at that point would have thought this will go on to be a comfortable win. I think everyone in the ground was thinking that. But the players looked a little bit sluggish, didn't they? I know there's like that, the saying after a European Thursday game on a Sunday, it's not the same. And the crowd was definitely the same for the reasons that Tom was mentioning about how cold it was, although it wasn't as cold as Thursday, was it? Christ, that was bad. Um, 
but no, it was just it was sloppy, and um, I am a little bit worried about Kelleher. Like I did think, I said to my dad at half time, if Allison was playing, we would have been two 0 up at half time, um, rather than two two. Um, but yeah, like I I just thought the whole performance up until about the eightieth minute was sloppy and a bit. I don't know if arrogance the right word, but there was a lot of players off off the game today. You know, he won't like to hear it, but Subosli as well. I, I thought that was his poorest game for the club since we've signed him. Pete's uh, just left the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know he, he's heading up to Formby to have a word with me. Um, but no, like I, I just thought that it was quite sloppy today, and luckily we got out of jail at the end. Um, but it's a sign of a good team, isn't it? Pete, so yeah, I mean, I suppose you'll concur with what both Tom and Ben have just said there, and I sort of intimated that it was a bit of a, a sluggish start. You know, hell of a free kick by, by Trent that ultimately turns out to be a Leno own goal. We let them back into it, and then we're not really we're not really creating a lot, but we're getting to the edge of their box, and then McAllister scores an unbelievable goal. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was at the end where you are with your main stand and So, what was it like from your point of view? Well, I think a couple of the lads by me, as he was lining her up, said, pass it, pass it. <laughs> Next thing, it flies, it flies into the top then. You know, it was a hell of a strike. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it, it was sluggish, you know, more or less up until the, when Fulham went ahead. And I'm jumping ahead again, but that first start. But I think you've got to give Fulham a bit of credit because they didn't, he defended. Mm-hmm. He defended well. You can tell that Silver's got them defending in, 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 you know, good. Not just a low block, but they defend well when they have to. But he did break quickly, and that lad at left back as well. I thought he had another fine game. That Anthony Robinson, yeah, he's a good player there. Um, but yeah, they, they came forward. He came forward, at, not at will, but they weren't scared to come forward. Is what I'm trying to say. You get other teams who come. And they haven't got the conviction about going forward. And even at half time, I said to the lads next to me, you can't be grudgeful and that they're drawing at the minute because at least they're having a go when they're getting on the ball. And they had some yeah. nice tidy players there that Polina was playing in the midfield. And I think you mentioned before, didn't you, that the, um, the, the lad Jimenez, he, he reminded me of an, an old Andy Gray or something like that. He was really getting. He was a real focal point, and he was getting stuck in. He never looked a goal threat, but he was he was winning a lot of headers and knocking them out wide, you know, to, to the runners, to Wilson and that. So, at half-time, I couldn't have begrudged Fulham the fact that they were level with us, to be honest. I thought he played some nice stuff. Pete, what did you make of the... This, uh, obviously, there was a couple of incidents before, before we get to half-time, wasn't there, where, you know... Again, we got ourselves into a bit of a a defensive mess. Couldn't get the ball clear, and it it eventually goes out for the corner, and then the, the corner comes in and and the ball bounces around and, and it ends up in the net. and And Grandad, the linesman on your side, puts his flag up for offside, and we all think, "Look, now we've got away with one there." But ultimately, VAR gives the goal because I think it was. Yeah, it was playing. Do you think? Do you think Kells should have done better with the with with the second goal, or do you think it was one of them where the fella didn't make contact with it as 
as he'd expected. And sometimes when you don't get a good contact, that's when it can cause a goalkeeper some issues. Yeah, I've only seen one replay of it, to be honest, Les, so I'm not too certain, but he, he seemed to, like you say, he was diving to his right, and I think the ball went past him by his left foot, so you could probably have a little go to think maybe, you know, he should have stopped it. But it's like you say, sometimes when shots are mishits and, and ricochets and stuff like that come off, that's when the goalies, they make him look daft, don't they, you know? But, um, yeah, yeah it, I just thought, I just thought for their goals, although, as I say, I couldn't have begrudged them drawing a half-time. I think we gifted them their goals, both of them. I mean, our goals were worldies, to be honest. Weren't they? Our first two goals were absolutely yeah. well. But I think we 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 contributed to Fulham's goals with our defending. It was it was a bit bit haphazard at times, and we just looked all you know all over the shop at times. And and it was the same type of thing. You know, we've been saying this for a few weeks. We do we do give teams a little bit, of, you know, some opportunities where we should be, you know, a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, you could maybe point a finger at the keeper for the, certainly for the second. I thought for the first one. From where I was sitting, I thought it went right through him. I didn't realise Harry Wilson had got a toe poke past him. And I've seen the replay and he, he did well to get in front of the defender and just get in in front and, and poke it home, you know. But yeah, possibly possibly the second goal, you could you could say that maybe Quivine might be a bit disappointed in, in himself, you know. Tom, did he, do you think uh, Kel's got away with the third one as well with, I mean, I saw from where I was, and th- this was like a bone of contention from from where we were in, in the cop with the lads, you know, who we stand with, and you know, saying that he should have done better. But I thought he was a decent save from the header, but they said, oh, he, he pushed it out right in front of him. But I don't, I didn't really think he had most much option of where he was going to push the ball because the guy had headed it down, the ball had bounced up, and he's also made a good save, in my opinion. And then, obviously, that that remit, put in the rebound, Grandad flagged again, and this time he was proved right, thankfully, or oh, he would have been going in 3-2 down at half time, Tom. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I'll go over a few. I'll come to that little part at the end, Les. Do you know what? I, I, I thought McAllister's goal was sensational. You know, and that's that was the McAllister that we signed, wasn't it? I thought that's what we've been waiting to see. That type of player, what he does. He carries. I thought he was excellent in the first half alongside Sens. But you know what you were talking about, Fulham? What Peter was saying, you do well at the low block. I thought... I thought Silva has them really well, well disciplined and well well organized. And what they do, they break so quickly. There's only there's another side that remind that they play the same sort of way, and that's Emery. You know, in Aston Villa, the same sort yeah. of way. They they win the ball, and they turn you round really really quickly. And I think I think they deserve to be two two at half time because. He caused us a lot of problems, didn't he? You know, like we were. I don't know. I don't know what, why they were finding so much space. You know, in the gaps. I thought the second goal. I, I, I thought Keller has should have done better. To be to be honest, in in front, front of the cover. You know, even if it was a miss, it I think he'll be disappointed with himself. But I, I think the one 
he got away with, and we were, and it wasn't. He was lucky. I, I don't think you could blame him to be honest for that because it it was a good save. Was though though he pushed it down. Most of them times you push them away, and he, he could he go anywhere, Les. But you know, it just happened to go where worked in our way. I thought he was offside to be honest, and it turned out he was right. But overall, I think two all. It, you, you couldn't really complain at them being a two-all at half-time. So it was a strange, it was a strange first half, really. Ben, did you did you think that um, two-two at half-time was a fair reflection on the the balance of play in the first half? And I know you said in your in your first little piece that you know you actually thought that you were a bit worried about Keller. Did you? You know, the instance we talked about there, did you think he should have done better with the second goal? And also, with, he got lucky because the third one was disallowed? Or do you think that was a that was a good save and he, it would have been just unlucky that, you know, if, if, if the guy had been onside? I think it's difficult to judge if it was fair at half-time 2-2. It probably was because Fulham definitely were battling harder than we were. And you don't come to expect that, or you don't come to say that very often at Anfield these days. But I thought they just wanted it more for that first half, probably a little bit more than the first half, to be honest. Um, but I still think 2-2 more to flattered them as well, because they were two unbelievably scrappy goals. And I said to me, mate, I was sitting next to, or stand next to, um, you know, two brilliant goals. You know, that goal from McAllister, Christ, it's one of them where you just go, you know, you do that, um, it's you take a step back because it was that good. And you knew as soon as he hit it, it was in. Um but fair play to Fulham, they didn't give up. And you know, if they'll they'll argue that it two two was fair, and maybe that is the case. I think I think Kelleher was poor for both goals. And I think he was incredibly lucky on that third goal because I'm not sure I agree with you, I don't think it was a good save. I think he, um, from the angle that I could see it from, I thought he could have done better with it. Um, and like I said earlier on, if Alisson was in goal, I'm pretty convinced we're going in a half time, certainly 2-1 or 2-0 up. Um, and I've, I, it, that's, no, that's no slight on Kelleher because Alisson's the best in the world. So it's going to be a drop-off. And it's got the pressure on him, especially after the second goal went in. The cops started to turn on him a little bit. And like I said, why are they doing that? That's not going to help him. It's not going to help us. It's not going to... But people were frustrated. And I think getting into half-time is what he needed. And he was better in the second half. But I think 2-2, if I take my rose um, tinted glasses off, probably was a fair result, even though the goals that we scored deserved us to be ahead. So we come out at the, the start of the second half. There's no changes at half-time. And we we seem to be getting a little bit of a momentum going, you know, and creating a few... Well, create more chances in effect than we did in the first half. Um, so, and there was a, there was a couple of chances, um, you know, for, for Darwin Nunes. Um, yeah. I thought the first one... The first one I thought was unlucky. I thought he hit it really well. Probably again, he probably hit it too well, and he hits the bar. The second one from the from a brilliant headed pass or knockdown from Mo Salah. I just thought he should have done 
a lot, lot better with that. He seemed to just get his feet mixed up and didn't get a shot away. So I don't know what you made of that. Yeah, we we looked we looked we looked like we were gonna we were gonna you know come out second half and, and sort of you know take the lead and maybe go on from there and it did look that way and I, I felt a bit sorry for Darwin again he's always getting in the positions and and for whatever reason and that one like you say that he hit the bar he absolutely thumped it and and if anything he hit it too well which is a a daft thing to say but I think he did. Um, but he, he he's not shying away. He's he's getting into positions and stuff. And as I say, for whatever reason, he's just not he's just not putting the chances away. But I just thought we looked a, a lot more. It looked like the half time team talk had g'd them up a bit, and we looked a, a lot better going forward there. Um, and and anything Fulham was sort of give you know coming at us, they were they were really more sporadic. It wasn't as much as in the first half. They were without really having all hands to the pump and and defending. You know, for the lives, um, they, they they weren't causing us really any problems on the break as they were, you know, in the first half maybe in a couple of occasions. But yeah, I just thought we looked far more comfortable, and then that went on for, I don't know, a good twenty minutes or so, and and then I think Fulham sort of made their way back into the game then, um, and I think it came maybe after we made our substitutions. Yeah, I was just doing that's, that's when they, they sort of. He sort of not woke up again, but he seems to think had a bit more belief, and it seemed to be after we made our subs. To be honest, yeah. So when Tom, when we made our two subs, and we took Macker off, and we took took supposedly I off, and at that point Pete left the building. Um, only joking. <laughs> um, now I, I listen to Les before you go on. I, I totally agreed. I I thought he had the really different games. We're only, we're only joking with you, mate. I know, yeah. I know, but you know, I will fight his corner if I think he deserves <laughs> it. But I don't, I don't think today, I don't think today I had the legs to stand on, to be honest, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Joe Gomez comes on, which again, and Seth moves in to midfield, um, and and Cody Gakpo comes on, mm. and you know, we, we've took the two off, we've totally reorganized the system. Um, so, and as Pete said, initially when the substitutions were made, it seemed to it seemed to knock our rhythm, and they seemed to get a little bit of a foothold back in the game and causes a few more problems than they were. Would you agree with that, Tom? I, I, I would, Les. And do you know what? I thought it was a strange substitution. He doesn't get to substitutions wrong very often, but I I, I thought he. he, he... That was a bad decision. I was looking at Gravenberch through through the first half, and I thought, I was, I was looking at the players, and I was thinking, I don't think Sabozlai filled himself with, with, with glory today, but I, I thought Gravenberch was the worst out of the three, and like I, he would have been. I was amazed that he took he, he took McAllister off, and like and, and left Gravenberch on, which I, I just did. Just dumbfounded me really, but anyhow, after that, we, we as you say, we seem to lose our well, not we, we lost a little bit of impetus, but I think after a short spell of time, we, we, we seemed to wake up, didn't we? As you said, it was it was a strange substitution, and it's not like Jürgen at all to do that because I thought we lost, we although we weren't playing. Particularly outstanding. I, I think Sabozlai was doing good, put some good work. He wasn't at his nowhere near his best, but I thought I, I thought the midfield was was doing all right and Trent was coming in. 
So I, I'm, I was, I was a bit shocked at the substitution, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree with Tom to a degree. I was surprised at the two players who come off. Um, and I don't know whether you were or you just thought that maybe that that was right. Um, but it did seem to knock our, knock our flow, if you like. They, they did come into the game, and then eventually, you know, they went, they went and gifted on the sucker punch. And with a couple of minutes ago, that could overread. You know, puts one in at the back post, and all of a sudden, we're looking. We're, we're at the clock's on eighty-eight minutes there or thereabouts, and we're we're three-two down. And you think to yourself, "Oh no, you know, we're gonna we're gonna end this afternoon now." five points behind Arsenal and then Arsenal have got Luton on Tuesday so going into our game on Wednesday we could be before we, we kick off we could be eight points behind Arsenal and you're thinking what, what's that going to do psychologically to the not only to the team but to the fans so so what did you make of that period of play? To be honest <clears throat> I think we could have took anyone off if truth be told, because nobody was standing out. I thought Trent attacking-wise was okay. Defensively, he certainly got caught out for one of the goals, but we don't need to go on about that. Uh, I thought McAllister did, did, did quite well today. I was shocked to see him go off. I actually said to my dad, I'd take Mo Salah off, because I thought it was his poorest game for the club in a long, long time. Really? I mean, yeah. I thought the poorest game I've ever seen Moab was against Everton. To be honest, oh, I thought he was much better today than he was then. No, you see, I I, I agree. I, I, I fought against Everton. He wasn't great. I thought Michalenko had a great game against him. Um, but today, I just thought he didn't. I don't. I don't think he did anything today. Like, uh, and I was surprised that he didn't get took off at some point. Um, but going back to the midfield changes, I wasn't shocked to see Trent in midfield because that's where he was playing. And I thought the the amount of times we were getting caught on the breaks, uh, fair play to Fulham. They, they played a lot better than I thought they were going to. They were catching us on the counter a lot. So I thought that actually made sense. But then when Gomez came on, it was almost like Trent was in midfield, but Gomez was doing the inverted role as well. Yeah. Like, Christ, what is going on here? Um, but... I didn't see that one coming. I thought he was going to come on and just play as a fullback. Um, but he didn't, did he? He, he? he did the Trent role with Trent in midfield as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't, like I alluded to earlier, I wasn't shocked to see Sabozlai come off. But I, I did think it was, you could flick a coin between him and Gravenberg and it, it either of them could have gone off. And I was expecting Gravenberg to come off first. I just thought Jürgen would have done that. Um, but no, like I think, you're right about the substitutions. I'm sure you'll get onto the, the later substitutions a bit later, and they were different. Um, but those initial ones, they didn't turn the game the way that we were all hoping. Um, and when Fulham scored the, the third goal, it, it took me back to 12 months ago against Leeds. Yeah. Um, and it just reminded me of that game. It was a similar time of the goal as well. Um, and... I won't be able to repeat what I said <laughs> in the cop, but I just thought it was deja vu. We're playing against the team in white at Anfield and they're going to take our home record against us when we shouldn't be throwing it away to a team like that. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. But 
I just thought, like I said earlier, the whole team was sloppy, pedestrian, and they needed to kick up the backside. But that did come. I, not only I think did did they give the team a kick up the backside, Pete. I think you give the fans a kick up the backside as well, mm. because yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden when that goal went in, the fans seemed to think, "Hey, hey we've got a game to win here, right? Yeah. We've got we've got a couple of minutes plus whatever he's going to add on, yeah. you know, injury time wise, and and then and in, you know, in between, Joel Matip had gone off." With what looks like a serious knee injury that's going to put him out, you know, for for a considerable time, Jurgen thinks, and right. it's such a pity because he's he's been playing so so well, um, and then he brings on Endo and takes off Gravenbergen and to a man, everybody standing by me on the cop, I have to say me included, and openly admit to you what you thought when that substitution went on. I thought I don't see the point in this end though. So at this point, he's a defender. Mm. He's a he's a number six, and yet we've we've now gone three two down, and now you're putting on a number six. I said I could have under, understood him coming on if he's a beat uh, three two up. Yeah. You know I mean? But how's how's that going to change the game? And it just shows why we do podcasts and Jurgen manages the <laughs> football club. Well, that's what we all said when we saw him on the side. I said, unless it's an injury somewhere, I don't see the point in bringing Endo on. I really don't. And I think Gravenberch is ready to run. I think he, he was running on MC, to be honest. And I, th- I think, I know Ben said he didn't think he had, he was probably the least effective of the midfielders, but I thought he did, he had some nice touches, Gravenberch. One thing he will do is if he's got space in front of him, he'll, he'll, he'll run into it and he'll attack it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think he just run, I think he'd run out of steam if the endo comes on. And we're all looking at one another thinking, well, it must be an injury, or you know, what's he seen that we haven't? And then five minutes later, he proves us wrong, doesn't he? Well, not only that, Pete, just before just before that we have corner. And Hendo has an effort on goal, I think, from a header. Yeah. The, did, the, yeah. the, the keeper makes a good save and it drops down to Mo. And Mo and puts it in the box. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a really good chance, and, and you could see Trent sort of drop to his knees when Mo missed that chance. And yeah. You think that's it now? I mean, mm. I, I mean, on seventy nine minutes, I was disappointed. I said to the lad next to me, "I'm disappointed here that we're going to drop, you know, only get one point out of this game." And then almost as I've said it, they pop up, and as soon as William got the ball, I was on the left when it came out to him. It was just like you could just hear the alarm bells ringing, and it wasn't a surprise when he he, he sort of, you know, he, he put it up to the far post and that deep uh, deep over he put it in, mm. and then so I went from being disappointed to absolutely gutted. I thought we're going to lose, like like Ben said, we're going to lose at home to a team with all due respect we shouldn't be losing to, um, mm. and then as I say, the last the last few minutes we we knew there was going to be some injury time to look forward to because we thought, you know, we might be five, six, seven minutes. We don't know. Like, And I thought, well, we might be able to sneak an equaliser out of this. But to then do what we did, it, it was just beyond, you know, it was it was nuts. I'll tell you what game it reminded me of a bit. Ben won't know this one. His dad will. It wasn't the same scoring um, order. But remember years, I think in the mid-70s, we played, um, we played Birmingham at home. And I knew we you were going to say that yeah. one. Where, we where you the 
in the 70, it was in the 78th minute or something. But it was just like one of them games that you thought, Christ almighty, it's going to be about 6-5 at the end of this one, if we're not careful. Yeah. But it just reminded me of that sort of game where, you know, Liverpool give them the due, they, they never give up. They, they, you know, that's one thing you can say about them, they don't give up, even if the fans sometimes, you know, like like Ben and I thought, we're going to lose to a team we shouldn't be losing to. They just won't give up. And um, like I say, we got the equaliser. And we all said, well, yeah, it was a good decision to bring Endo on. We could see why that was... that was yeah. no, no. <laughs> At the time, we didn't know what was going on. But he, he, he put a couple of really good tackles in the midfield as well. Yeah. And that's a you mentioned, mentioned that before, Pete, as well, didn't you? Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fight my corner for him because <laughs> I think we all know he's not the long-term number six. We all know that. But when he has come on in little cameos, I think he's, I think he's had a good go, Endo. And, you know, fair play to him. You deserve that goal today. I really think that. Yeah. Tom, what did you make of the substitution? Be honest. When it, you know, when it was made, you, 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 you stood there. Obviously, you, you must, have been, you might, if you were, you're probably the only one who's thinking, well, well, that's what I would have done because it, you know, people were saying, why hasn't he put Harvey Elliott on or why hasn't he put Curtis Jones on? You know what I mean? With the being no Jot or even, even at that stage, even possibly a Ben Doak. Yeah, I I think most nearly everybody was looking at Endo coming on. You thinking it's it's not even to have what we hold, you know, like you've took all your attacking midfield off, and like basically you're bringing on a, a number six when we're when we're three two down. But it, do you know he's a, he's a funny little player. You can see he, he's he's adored by 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 the you know like the fans that he that with the club he left. You know, you're thinking. We don't we don't get that you know like he's idolised and you can understand why can you because love him or hate him or you know like well not hate him because I can't say anybody hates him but like you just look at this lad and he gives everything when he comes on you can say sometimes that he's not at the level of some of the others around him but like you can never fault him so we should never really be shocked at all when he comes on less really. <laughs> I don't think it. I mean, I was sure when he came on. To be honest, it was, it was no reflection on him. No, it was no reflection on on the state of the game. And you're three two down, and, and you need a goal. Said, you're putting on a number six, and you think, yo, he's probably less likely to score than anybody else. And as I said before, Ben, that's why we do podcasts. And Jurgen <laughs> is the best manager in world football. You know what, what though, I, I think. That... I think the reason why he brought Endo on, and this isn't in hindsight, but it probably is actually. I think the the thinking behind it was that he was going to sit, so it was going to allow the players just to go up the pitch. So there was someone there for the protection to win it back if needs be. But even that didn't happen because Endo was one of the most attacking midfielders <laughs> on the pitch when he came on. So your hindsight was done, you know what I mean? So it was strange, wasn't it? Yeah. But you know what, Les? Don't you get the feeling? Don't you get the feeling when when Mo blasted over the bar, and you're mm -hmm. thinking at that stage, people are looking around and they say, "It's not our day today." Yeah, you yeah. know, like it's not our day. We've got. No you, one... you know what, Tom? Right. I, I I think it was before that most most Salah chance. I think it was when they scored. I don't know if anyone else does this, but you know when you're at the match and you you have these like thoughts in your head and you sort of talk to yourself and you you say, "Would you take a point now?" 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, some, for some reason, right, when I was talking to myself, I was like, no, I wouldn't take a point here because it's not it's not enough. Like when for the reasons that you said earlier, Les, that we could be five points behind Arsenal, eight behind them going into the next game. I was like, that's not enough here. So I wouldn't, if you offered me a point with 10 minutes ago, I wouldn't have took it. Easy to say now. Um, but I, I just thought it, we've all been, you guys have been to Anfield more than me, but even in my 30 years as a season ticket holder, I've only won the league once, but the amount of times we've done what we've done today, there's oh, no yeah. other ground in the country that comes close to it. Even when United were good, they didn't do it anywhere near as much. Um and it was just one of them, wasn't it? Like you, like you said earlier, you can't write the players off, no matter how bad they played and they didn't play good. They still just bloody give everything to the final minute. Yeah, so so Pete, we get we get a corner, I think it was. It's just a bit of a blare at this point. You know, because as Ben said, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at the clock and seeing how long there is to go. Um, when we go behind, I think to myself, surely we can get we can get one back here, but if we get one quickly, we can get two. Just like, yeah, a part of me thinking, the least, the least we've got to get here is a point. Um, but then that all the good work that we did at Manchester City last week mm-hmm. has just been totally eroded now. Um, and you know, Newcastle have gained on us. This is what I'm thinking. Newcastle mm-hmm. have gained on us. Villa might have won. They might have gained on us. We've only, uh, you know, get. Gained the points on United, um, and Tottenham and City are playing. So, you know, one of them are going to drop points at least. And you think, you know, how's it, how's it come? How have we been so sloppy as to sort of go behind and and you know be in danger of losing? You know, and then up pops Endo with an unbelievable finish piece. It was a fantastic finish because. He, he, as far as any mate, he didn't actually slash through the ball. I think it was like placed, wasn't it? Like side yeah, quarters. Yeah. It was a fantastic finish right in the top corner. And then, like you say, then you, you're looking at the clock thinking, there's going to be a few minutes added on there. We might be able to do this, you know. And it's just just to, you know, the, the crowd, the, the noise that that endo goal gave. And then, because a couple of people by me had gone out, and I always laugh when when yeah. when people leave early, either give up the ghost or they leave early to get the bus or the train or whatever. And I always have a little chuckle to myself, and I think I'd rather sit in three hours of traffic after staying the full ninety odd minutes yeah. and watching us win than getting home early but missing missing a finale like that. You know what I mean? But he took yeah. his goal really well. It was a fantastic goal. And then, as I say, we all looked at one another, looked at the clock and thought, there's minutes left here. We could do this, you know. And yeah. it was fantastic. That, those last few minutes was great, like. Yeah, Tom. And then, oh. you know, we, we we sorted. They seemed to be, I don't know about you, but, like, you never, you know, you really, we really celebrated the goal. But, like, you're then thinking, why are they taking the time kicking oh. off? Is yeah. VAR getting involved here? You know what I mean? Because, you know, you never trust Hapwell anyway. And next thing, they kick off and Darwin nearly sort of charges down the clear and so we build a little bit more pressure. And to be honest with you, all I can remember about the the winning goal is the ball bouncing around and it going, and Mo being on the edge of the box 
and next thing you know, it, it drops to to Trent, and what a finish that was, Tom. Unbelievable, Les. So the, the fourth, we've talked, we've all waxed lyrically about every one of the goals up to now, but like, do you know what? I, do you know, do, I, he just smashed it. Right, you know, like there was going, there was going no other place. And then the place just erupted. But you know what made it for me? The way he strutted down in front of the right in front of the cop and just stood there like 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 the main man. You know, so like, I didn't even I didn't even see what he done when we when we scored, but it was too busy celebrating. Do you know Jamie what was Jamie was we on would, his back over, we the, would, over the seats. We were jumping. We've been jumping around everywhere, but there he is, just strutting down to two and right in front of the cop. And do you know what? I, I've said, I've said, you have numerous, said so. numerous, 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 numerous times for ages. There's nothing this lad can do, can't do that Stephen Gerrard done. And, and people say to me, say, see, oh, he doesn't score goals. He doesn't score goals, or he can. Trent has got everything. He's twenty. He's twenty-five years of age. He's got. He, he's got. He's not even nowhere near his peak yet. He, he's absolutely top quality. Unbelievable talent. We use him doing two jobs. We use him in the inverted role, but we ask. He, he has to get back and cover. And him's going into midfield. He's just. He's an unbelievable footballer, and he deserved it today. I think, I think the fans today, the supporters today, really woke up, and you know, like that—that that was today, Trent's day, especially after them scoring against Manchester City the other week. And I think this is this is the beginning of, of, of like the real Trent. And I think if anyone deserved to score that, I think today it was him. And what a as Ben said before, and Pete, there's only one ground, you know, like one ground that you get this, like, and when it happens, it's just, it's just mental. And you look at this team now and you're thinking, Jesus, these have been down to, 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 to 10 men at Newcastle's come back and snatched it in the end. They've been, they were, they were, what they were, Hanging on against Tottenham, he lost against Tottenham with nine men and before, like, like made mm. made made Tottenham absolutely collapse to to get a result against us. But we're get, we're digging results out, Luton here, and it's every game, so they're never beaten. So we should expect that, really, shouldn't we? Ben, I, I know what Tom's saying there about Trent, and he is an unbelievable talent, but. I think it's a bit presumptuous to, to compare him to Stevie. Um, but I do think that his finish um, was a typical Steven Gerrard finish. If you if you close your eyes and played you know, a number of Steven Gerrard finishes in games, you know, Stevie would have been proud of that, of that goal. Um, and as I say, where we were, it all went off. And I didn't see the celebrations of the players. Because I was too busy bloody celebrating myself and picking Jamie up off the floor because he'd landed he'd landed virtually on the in the row behind us. So so I don't know I don't know what you saw or what your perspective was, but it was an unbelievable moment. And that's what football's all about, isn't it? It's all about moments. It is. And we were quite lucky really, because on where Trent came to the cop, that was in front of me. So yeah. it was basically in line. 
with where I was, but I'm 45 rows up. So I did go mad for the winner. Um, but I was looking at the pitch the whole time, which is unusual because sometimes you you end up hugging people that you don't know and stuff like that. And But there was none of that like this time. like I, I was just looking straight on the pitch the whole time. So I did see like him doing the Klinsman dive towards the cop and then getting up. I couldn't... <laughs> I didn't have my glasses, so I couldn't see exactly what his facial expression was. But I don't know if he did the... He obviously didn't do the thing which he did against City, but he, it was almost similar where he, he stood in front and just was like, I am the man kind of thing. If yeah. And what I, what I don't get is, obviously Trent is a Liverpool fan. He's grew up as a Liverpool fan like all of us. If that was me, I'd be in the cop. Like, I, I, there's nothing that could have stopped me then. Just diving into the cup. Like the 90th minute winner, I'd be straight in there. So the, the amount of like restraint that you have not to do it, I, I can't get my head around it, but I'd just be, I'd be straight in there. Like you'd never get me back out. Um, yeah. But I think to compare him to Stevie, I don't think he's at Stevie's level. And again, that's not to criticise Trent in any, any way. I just think Stevie's better. I, I, I think, I think he was a better player. Um, you know, Stevie won the European Cup when he was 24 in Istanbul and dragged that team across the line. And as good as Trent is, I'm not sure he could do that. But they're totally different players. I, I, I am getting to the point where I'd just like to see Trent in midfield. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I would like to see him. There was a few times today when he was doing like one-twos and driving the ball through the centre of midfield. And that is what I want to see. Um, but I don't think we are. I think he's going to play this inverted role. But today was about him. Um, he scored two goals. Um, he he was he was good against Man City. Like I I'm, I'm sort of having a disagreement with my dad on the way in about Doku last week, and he was good Doku. But I think people are raving about him too much. I think his performance last week against Trent was one of those performances that looks better on match of the day than actually does when you're at the ground. Like he beat him. And then do nothing with the ball. So I, I wasn't that convinced on him. And I think he did play well last week. I thought his defending was all right. And I think he's, like Tom said, it's getting to the point now where we're going to see the real Trent again. You know, take all the crap about England away. Um, he should be England's first choice right back. Nobody will ever convince me that he shouldn't be. Um, but Gareth Southgate doesn't fancy him. And, I'm happy with that because he's not playing for England um, but I think if we're going to win the league this year and I, I did tip us to win it a couple of weeks ago when I was on here I said we'd be a top we'd be top of the league at Christmas and we will be now if we beat Arsenal Anfield so if we're top of the league at Christmas I do think we'll go on and win the league um, I'm sorry I've gone off on one again um, but I, I do think Trent is a special special player we're lucky to have him I think we take him for granted sometimes and what he did today, he's a fullback and he's scoring free kicks from 30 yards out. He's scoring goals in the 90th minute to win us. There's no fullback in the world that does that. Um, we've just got to appreciate him for what he is. He's a fantastic player and thank God he's a red. Pete, I'll let you be. I'll let you have the cast and vote on this one. Are you with, are you with Tom or are you with, with Ben? Or are you somewhere in between? Supposedly, <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably in between at the minute, but I think he certainly has got the all, all the attributes he could be. I I think 
if, if anyone asks me who's the best player I've seen play for Liverpool, and I've been lucky to be going for, what, 50 years plus, more or less, I, I always say Steven Gerrard for the simple reason that what Ben said, he, he dragged us through. He, he played with some average players at times and he dragged us through cup finals and he dragged us, obviously, Istanbul comes to mind, the West Ham final. But I think if there's any player currently who could sort of get to his level, if he stays at Liverpool for that length of time, I think it could be Trent. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think one of the substitutions today, when they brought Joe Gomez on, I think it was for McAllister, was for that reason to release Trent into the midfield. And I think you'll see more of that all the time, really, you know. Um, I think he will start always at, at the right-back, the inverted right-back, as they like to call it. But I do think there's there's a place for him further up the field. And so I'm, I'm sort of... I'm sort of between two stools, really. I sort of agree with Ben at the moment. He's probably not there. But I think in, in two or three years' time, you could probably be in Tommy's camp and say, yeah, he's the best we've seen. Can, can I defend myself here, Les? Of Go, course you yeah. can, Tom. Do you know what, I'm, what, I, what, I meant by, what I meant by that with Stephen Gerrard, the comparison with Stephen Gerrard? I don't... Stephen Gerrard was a generational player and he's a generation player of, that, of, of his time. Trent... What I, what I said is there's nothing that Trent can't do that Stephen Gerrard did for Liverpool Football Club. You could say that he, 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 Stephen played in teams that weren't as good and he, and, he, and he was an exceptional, probably the best midfielder that's ever played in the Premiership. But the, the, what, where, I see, where I see Trent is that Trent Alexander-Arnold is a generational player. He's 19 years, when he came in at 19 years of age, he played in the European Cup final. He's played, he's played against the greatest players in the world, Trent. He's done some of the greatest things. His career dipped a little bit, but because of Gareth Southgate. And I think that Gareth Southgate took Trent back a little bit. And I think what we're seeing now is the real Trent. This is, this is the Trent that we, we were going back to that we first got. And I think, where I totally agree with Ben, I, I think if we are to win the league this season, it won't be because, it won't be because of, of, of like, certain things, Mo Salad or what's going on. It'll be because Trent adds to what we've got in the midfield and will drive us forward. And that's what I, why I say, that's why I say I think I think he, he can be compared to, to Stephen Gerrard. So I've defended myself there before. I get okay. I get bombarded by by our listeners. <laughs> well, well, Tom, that that's a really good defence. I'll say that. Um, Thank you, Les. So, so well done for your defence. But you didn't really need to defend him because nobody nobody yeah. was saying that that he's not a good, a really that, really that. top 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 player. He is. And he'll be a top player in his own right without him being compared to anybody else, really. Um, but yeah, today he was just magnificent. And I think the you know the significance now of those two two late goals is there for us all to see. Because you know, just a couple of hours later, you know, the hundred and fifteen has dropped two points to uh, to to Tottenham in you know, again, they conceded the three goals. They were ahead. They were ahead twice in the game, and yet they couldn't close the game out. And and now we we we're both ahead of Manchester City and game points on Tottenham. 
So it's it's turned out to be a really, really good Sunday afternoon for Liverpool. And I'll just go round and ask each of you now, um, which I think we all know what the answer is going to be, but who's your player of the match? And I'll start with you, Tom. I think I'm going to, just, I'm going to give two people a mention before I pick my man of the match. I'm going to pick McAllister. I thought McAllister was exceptional today. I thought he played probably one of his better games. He'd he, he done really well. And then, you know, I'm going to give a mention to you, Les. Costas, I thought Costas was mm. was excellent today. Again, he's yeah. got better week by week. And if 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 people listen to the podcast, you were having a go at Kelleher at the moment. Remember that, Wendy, you've got to give these lads a bit of a, you've got to give these lads a time when they come in to bed into the team. You know, like you don't just come in and do it. But my man of the match was Trent. Ben? Yeah. I, I... Yeah, it's got to be Trent. Um, I don't think I don't think there was many standout performances today. For McAllister was decent. His goal was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I agree with Tom again about um, Costas. I thought he was solid. Um, whereas he wasn't solid a month ago, he looks it again now. Um, he looks like he's going to play his play his way into his best form just in time for Andy Robbo to come back and take his place, which is no bad thing for us, is it? Um, but no, I thought Trent was the man in the matchless. Pete, where are you going? Yeah, same for me. Same three three names. McAllister capped his display off with a fantastic goal. Costas, like Ben was saying, is looking more solid and he even probably get the probably gets the assist for Trent's goal. I think he went up for the header, didn't he? And I think VAR were looking at it in case it may have been a foul by Costas. I thought he had a great game today, but you've got to give it to Trent, not just for the two goals, but just his all-round, you know, especially when we needed him, when we went behind and he was driving us forward and everything. And then to cap it off with that goal was fantastic. So it'd be Trent for me as well. Les, yeah. can I just can I just give you one yeah. other name as well? He was only yeah. on the pitch for ten minutes, but I thought Endo did change yeah. when he came on. Yeah. Like true, I, I, besides true, besides the goal, he did win a few decent tackles as well, and yeah. his distribution was good. Um, and I, did, I he wasn't on the pitch long enough to be man of the match, but I I do think he deserves a shout out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was going to name Endo as one of my contenders. To be fair, because. He did actually change the game. Mm. He changed the flow of the game when he came on, which I wasn't expecting. Mm. I also thought McAllister was tidy today, scored an exceptional goal. Um, and, you know, ultimately, the man of the match. You know, I thought Costas had his best. I did another good game. I thought he played really well against Man City. Um, you know, we already said at the start of this pod that, you know, we thought he had a decent game on Thursday as well. So it looks as though you know, he's now getting into his his match day rhythm, so to speak. And I think we've got to got to give you know Kelleher the same you know mm. the same chance you know to get up to to match fitness, if you like. It's it's different when you when you do what you're doing in training, it's what you you're doing in a match day situation. But yeah, but one of the match for me today was Trent uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Now before the match, Tom. Um, we're all on the way to the match and we heard the draw for the third round of the FA Cup. And yeah. we couldn't have had, you know, there's only probably, you know, one draw that probably would have been as difficult. But when you're yeah. saying that you're now being drawn against the team that's, that's top of the 
the Premier League away from home, I think I don't think you can get it much much more difficult than that. No, it's like it. You know, as as you were saying before, it's right in the middle of a, a run of games, which mm. were, you know, like the really big games. We're, we're going to have Newcastle the, the the game before, isn't it? I think, you know, like yeah. so. Um, we just yeah. did, and we we seem to be picking up a few injuries as well, like which is which is not good. But like, that, you you've got to. As I say all the time, we looked at the we looked at the draw. You know, at the start for the start of the season and these, the first six games we had. You know, when you're looking at that and you're thinking, could we have picked any six other games? And we did quite well, didn't we? So I look at this with the same way with the draw. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna, not gonna put a full strength side out. I don't think. You know, like and I think I, we've got a decent enough squad. Hopefully, we get a few players back. And um, we give them a game. It'd be a cracking game. Probably, probably it would. It would have been as good a cup final, really, wouldn't it? But we seem to be picked against these teams most nearly every season. We start off with a third round Premiership team, you know, usually away. So I wasn't shocked to be honest, Les. And it took my mind back to, I think it was uh, the 13-14 season when. We beat Arsenal at home, you know, in the in the famous game. I think we were four 0 up after about twenty minutes, and then the following weekend we went down there in the FA Cup, and we had we had a, an afternoon with Howard Webb, and uh, we ended up losing the game two one, and Suarez should have been given a penalty. That mm-hmm. would you believe Howard acknowledged after the game they should have been given a penalty that oh. would have given Liverpool a chance to, to equalise in that game. But ultimately, we ended up going out the cup to a two-one defeat. But that ultimately, I think, helped Liverpool in the in the quest to you know get so close to winning the Premier League for the first time. So it's another angle to look at, isn't it? That that yet the team that wins will progress you know to the fourth round of the FA Cup. But the team that does go out will have a little bit more rest time. You know if you. If if you want the Premier League as your main prize, so what's your thoughts? I was made up with it, you know. Like I, I know that's going to sound daft. Like again, I was in the car with my dad, and I don't know about you guys. Did you know the FA Cup draw was today? Yeah, I had literally no idea. So yeah, like my dad turned around and told we got Arsenal away, and I was like, when? Like <laughs> I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. Um, but funny you should mention that 4-0 game. That was at Anfield, wasn't it? Where we were 4-0 up in 20 minutes. I was on my I was on my honeymoon that that week. Shame on you, Ben. Well, I know well, <laughs> it, it, it gets worse, Les, because I was in a bar and because of the time difference, it was about midnight or something. And the, the barman was a, a Liverpool fan. Like he was from Thailand, but he's a Liverpool fan. So he was like, every time Liverpool score, I'm gonna bring you drinks over. I was absolutely hammered after 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but what a what a performance that was. And we could have been more than 4-0 up as well. We could have been about 7-0 up in yeah. Torres at the post, didn't he? Um, yeah. But I, I think that we as a club are better when we're just at it all the time. So we, we're just going Monday, Wednesday, Monday. Oh, sorry, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um and whenever we've been good under Jürgen, it's been after January and we've just been going for it and there's been no 
you know, stopping anyway. So I, I think it's a cracking tie. Uh, you know, we should get a good amount of tickets, so hopefully might have a chance of actually getting one. Um, but I, I think I'd be surprised if they go full strength because they're obviously got the Champions League. They're going to be focused on that. They've got the league. Hopefully we would have beat them at Anfield before Christmas. Um, so we'll lay down a little marker for what's to come in January. And I fancy us, like, I think we've got the squad to do it. I think our squad is better than Arsenal's. I think we're a better team than Arsenal. I think we've got a far better manager than, than them as well. So I, I don't go there with any fear. And I, I think, you know, if you're going to win the cup, you've got to beat these teams. So why not get it over, get them out the way in the third round? So, yeah, bring it on. Pete, is it? I mean, I mean, one thing that, that that's going to be a possible consideration around at that time is we play Newcastle on the Monday, and then I think on the on the the weekend after we've then got Arsenal away in the FA Cup after you know a really busy December, and it's probably you know when Jurgen's been planning you know for the for the fifties, and he's probably looked at that and thought you know with a bit of luck we'll get like a lower league team in the mm. third. The FA Cup, so I can pinpoint that game for people to have a rest after the busy December. Because hopefully Liverpool will be in there at two-legged semi-final. The first leg will be, I think, the week after the Arsenal game. So, you know, how strong we actually go into that game because we're already without, you know, um, Bichette and Santiago, although. Maybe that's it's around about a month away, so we don't know how close they'll be at that point. You know, will Jota be back? You know, for that with for that game. You know, and it, it's sounding from what Jurgen's saying that Big Joe has has not got a chance of playing in that game. So something, you know, although you know we do want to win every trophy possible, something has to give somewhere. Would you would you think, especially if we if we qualify for the for the semi finals of the League Cup? I don't think we can look that far ahead, lads, to be honest. I think, you know, the old adage is take each game as it comes, isn't it? And you, like you say, you don't know by then. You might have the likes of Thiago fit. You might have Pachetic back. You might have Jota back. So it could be a totally different thing. Mm. And the other thing to mention is Arsenal won't be relishing us going down there. Don't, don't You know, don't think because it's down there that they've got anything on us. I think, if anything, they probably feel, they feel the pressure more than we would. And um, I think we can go down there and get a get a result. I really do. I fancy us down there, but I think it's just too far ahead to decide. What, you know, who's going to be? You know, is he going to change the keeper? Is he going to change the back four? I think it will. You know, there's a lot of games to play before now and then, and depending on what happens in them games, might determine obviously the team. You know that he plays down at the Emirates, and and the thing is, like you say, Arsenal themselves. Are probably still going to be in the top four in the Premier League by then. Um, they, you know, they're in Europe and and they they they're not going to relish us coming down there. They're really not. So as tough a tough a game as it is for both sides, I think it's a winnable game. It definitely do. As to what sort of lineup, you know, between now and then, anything could happen. To be honest, mate. Yeah. No, when yeah. does when does Mongolis? I think he go. I think he's still here early January. I think he, mind you, he could, he could possibly go after the Newcastle game. You know, Tom. Because I was just thinking back. I was just thinking back to the last Afcon and the last game he played before he went away to the Afcon last time was the game against Leicester, yeah. which was 
which was just around, which was the New Year's Day game, wasn't it? He played in that, missed the penalty, and um, and we ended up losing the game one nil, didn't we? Mm. So yeah, so you know, I think I think his last game will probably be Newcastle, I think, and then he's he then just depend on how long you know Egypt progress in the competition will determine when he comes back. Mm. So we could be without him for that game as well, couldn't we? Yeah, we could be, yeah. Mm. And that's what I say, it's it's then important that you get the Jota as close to fitness at that point. Otherwise, you're just down then to, to Diaz, Nunes and Gakpo with with the likes of Ben Doken, uh, Cade Gordon as your backups. Mm. So, you know, it is it is an interesting time ahead when, when Mo goes off to the AFCON. Um, but yeah, so we move on to to Sheffield United on, on Wednesday night, another must-win game. No big Joel, of course. Would you say that if he comes in for them, Tom? Yeah, I should imagine so, Les. I think, I, I think yeah, probably. Oh, do you know, you might bring Joe Gomez in. You don't know. You, you don't know who, he, who he's going. But I think I, I should imagine if he will come in for... for for Joel, that's a, it's really sad. It, it's the thoughts of him being injured and having a bad injury, especially after the way he's played. It's been sensational, hasn't he? We we yeah. were talking about it, him getting a new contract at the at the, the end of the season, you know, like a one year contract. But now this, if it's a bad injury and he's out for a long period of time, that'll be him finished, won't it? Yeah, I mean it could be. Let's hope that it's not as cruciate, because if it's yeah. if it's as cruciate. That's him finishing the season, isn't it? Yeah. And that both Liverpool's hand in the January transfer market. So yeah. let's hope that it's let's hope it'll be a it'll be a terrible end, you know, for him to end his Liverpool career with with the cruciate injury. And, and I just hope that the club would do the right thing by him and give him a year's extension, so that you know that he could um, you know have, have the security of still being you know a Liverpool player as he fights his way back to. To fitness, um, mm. but yeah, um, you know it would it would be a massive blow if it if it is as crucial and he is out for the season. So Ben, if we win for if we win for, for Big Joel for you, and would you would you bring back Curtis for for Gravenberg to start against Sheffield United? I was just wondering, um, him and Harvey didn't didn't get on. Were they warming up today at all? Because yeah. it seems yeah. straight, didn't it? That neither of them come up. Yeah. Curtis and Harvey were warming up by us in the second yeah. half, mate. Yeah. Okay. Go on, Ben. Yeah, I think Ebu's going to start, but again, I wouldn't be shocked if Kwanzaa started. You know. Um, so I think it will be Ebu. Um, I think Ebu would be gutted if it if it wasn't him and Kwanzaa got ahead of him now. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case because I think Quans has done more than enough to warrant a start, to be honest. Ben, um, you've just come in there a minute. You've made a good point there because I just wonder whether, depending on that, because Jürgen come out, didn't he, on, on, after the game on Thursday and said that the the medical staff had told him that Ibu couldn't do a full 90 minutes, mm-hmm. right? I'm just wondering now, you, you, you've raised something there. I wonder whether they'll look at the two games coming up and think, right, mm. if Ibu can only do 90 minutes in one, which one do we want to play him in? Crystal Palace or Sheffield United? And it could be, you're right, 
the mm. quads does come in yeah. against you Sheffield. Know what my it was? Sorry? I don't, you know what my sway of decision as well? I'm not too sure. I think McBurney got sent off, didn't he? He did. He did, he did yeah. He's eligible for the game against us. But you, know yeah. you know what you get with him? He's a big, strong lad and he likes to throw his weight. If he's not playing, they might drink once at him for that game. And yeah. leave him to the Palace game. Mm. Yeah, yeah you, made, you made a good point there, Ben. So, so yeah. Best time for everything, lads. Well, I didn't want to say that, mate, but see, I will agree with you because I don't like disagree with me guests. So, so I can't yeah, even remember your question now. What was your question? <laughs> yeah. Do you, agree, do you agree with Tom that, that if we were coming for Big Joe, and you think that the Curtis could possibly come in for, for Graven Pitch? So, I actually think Endo will start against Sheffield United. So, I, I don't basically agree with anything that Tom said. Uh, <laughs> Thanks very much, Ben. Sorry, Tom. You're all right. I never said kids. I never said kids. Like, Tom, I, Tom I, didn't, like, I didn't think you did. It was just the way Les phrased it. Yeah. I'd like to see him in field on, against Sheffield Wednesday. Evendo starting at six. And McAllister and Sobosly, because McAllister, when he plays 20 yards further forward, is a different player. To be oh, fair, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see that, you know, like I think as a balance in the midfield, I mean, let's be honest, you could play us four in midfield against Sheffield United and we still should beat them. Um, so you know what? Remember the Luton? That's why I said should. Not, um, not with Tommy's dodgy knees at the minute, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but... but um, no, I would. I think Endo is. I mean, we've got a squad now with a lot of players, haven't we? So you can argue for them all, but I think Endo's probably earned the right to have mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, um, so especially away from Anfield, so I, I'd play him and, like Pete said, play McAllister and Subosley. Mm. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if Subosley doesn't start. You know, um, so it, it could be him. Endo, McAllister, and Jones is a midfield free. Um, so I think there'll be quite a few changes in this game for reasons that you said earlier about the standard of opposition where we've got harder games coming up. We've got to pick and choose when we're playing certain players. Um, so I, I think there might be a few more changes than we expect rather than one or two. I think it might be four or five changes. Um I, I'd be. I think Gapo will start up front, um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Gomez play as well at the back. In one of the so parts. there's another. There's another thing for you, Peter, to have a think about. If Gomez come in at the back at right back, does that mean Ben yeah. could start in the six instead of Endo? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, if Gapo does start, I mean we know that Mo's going to start. But who would you give a rest to in this particular game? Would you give a rest to Diaz or would you give a rest to Nunes? It's a it's a thingy one with Nunes because it, it, if you if you rest him if you want to call him that and put him on the bench you're going to get all the all the the comments then are that you know Klopp doesn't believe in him he's not good enough this he's not good enough that and all the press are going to snipe at him. Um, so I'd like to see Nunes start again because one of these days everything he hits is going to fly in. I really do think that. Um, maybe Diaz might be the one just to to start on the bench on, on Wednesday night. I don't know. As I say, we don't see them train. We don't know what goes on in training and that. But the, I think the thing is now there's a lot of 
there's a lot of permutations we could use. I still think Trent might start at right back and in, in, in that inverted role, but I think with it being away, I wouldn't mind seeing Endo get a start. I think he's deserved it. Uh, I know Sobbers lies blowing hot and cold at the minute, and it's more <coughs> cold than hot to be honest. But um, he is a good player, so I I I, I wouldn't mind that that middle three of Endo, Sobbers, Lie, and McAllister with McAllister playing further forward. Yeah, so yeah, it it is going to be an interesting team selection come half past six on on Wednesday night to see whether Jurgen does really freshen it up because he has done it in that in this particular game before, hasn't he? If you remember, if you remember a couple of games that come to mind, there's Burnley away when he left Mo on the bench, I think, us and um, and there was another one where he against Everton at home Ooh. when he started with Divock. Up front and and Shaq and Shaq scored and Divock scored two in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. I think Liverpool won that game five two. Um, so yeah, he has got he has got form for heavily rotating in this particular game. But we've just got to go and make sure that you know we come away with the three points and keep the you know keep the pressure on the top and keep our good run going. So Tom, I'll come to you first. What's your prediction for the results on Wednesday? I think I'll go for 2 0, Les. I, I know that they're not very good, but like we always seem to find it a, a, a little bit more difficult when we play these type of teams, don't we? We, we don't yeah. sort of wipe them out. So I'll go for 2 0. Ben, where are, you, where are you going with your prediction? I'd like to think it'd be a bit more than 2 0, and this should be the game where we rarely uh, aid our goal difference. But the way we've been. Playing of late, you wouldn't back it. So I'll go for I'll go for a conservative four nil. Conservative. Don't mention don't mention don't mention the word conservative on our. Oh, you know I'm not talking about it in that sense, Les. Come on. Conservative. Pete, Pete, what go? What you going for, mate? I'm feeling as I can't say the c word. I'll go for a liberal three one win. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'll go. I'll go for three 0 I think for Liverpool. I think if we can get if we can get ahead early doors, I think then yo know, that will really knock their confidence in, and we can go on and finish the game quite quickly. Yeah, so I'm yeah, just, I'm going for even. Let's hope we don't labour too much on that. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll end this uh, particular edition of the late flag. Thanks to Tom, Pete and Ben for joining me tonight. And as he always end the podcast by saying, don't buy the sun, justice for the 97, and you'll never walk alone. And until next time, see you soon.